Hello everyone, my name is Andrew Pond, Artistic Director of Eclectic Full Contact Theatre, and I would like to welcome you to this sneak preview of To See and Be Seen by John Mavey, which launches February 13th on the Half Hour Audio Hour. Today, we're sharing an interview with the director of To See and Be Seen, Gail Starr, discussing her experience, the future of audio drama, and the importance of representation of the visually impaired in art. We hope you enjoy. All right. So, Gail, I want to say thank you for being the director of To See and Be Seen and of giving us your time and your talent on this because it's been an absolutely wonderful experience. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really honored that you asked me to do this. So, so the first question that I have for you is how long have you been directing? I directed in college. I have a theater degree. I have a performance studies degree from Northwestern. And then I went and got a master's in um, an MFA in theater for youth. Um, and mm-hmm. so I directed in college and then I didn't direct again until like eight years ago. I did different types of theater and some stand up and, and some singing and some other stuff, but I didn't direct. And then about eight years ago, I started again uh, with mostly youth theater and then family theater where uh, parents and kids and just regular adults with the commute from the community would uh, would work together. And then I just started doing more and more stuff. Oh, wonderful. And what drew you to this project? So, um, first of all, I've always been super interested. I did radio in high school and in college and, um, and actually even interviewed for a radio position right out of college, uh, that I got and decided not to accept, um, because it was in a really small town, you know, how, you know, you're 22 and (laughs) and you, you get offered like to be, you know, the nighttime talents in Grand Forks, North Dakota or whatever. And it it wasn't, Grand Forks. It was somewhere else that, but it wasn't. I was going to say that was a strangely specific example. I couldn't see myself moving there. So I didn't take the position. And, um, um, so I, I have always been really interested in radio and audio drama. Um, and then when I read the script, when you offered me the, the position and I read the script, the script is beautiful. It is beautifully, beautifully written. Um, and again, it's, it's very representational for me because I'm visually impaired and, and one of the main characters was visually impaired and you do not see a lot of theater about, uh, visually impaired people or with visually impaired actors. It's we're in, in some ways, people with visual impairments are the most underrepresented people of all disabilities. So, um, yeah, so it was, uh, it was really a beautiful piece of work. We've, we've seen a big switch. Uh, to audio drama thanks to the pandemic and with with a lot of theaters trying to do this was this your i mean you said you had interest in radio and everything but was this your first foray into directing an audio drama yep never did it before yeah and what was what was that experience like for you so um in some ways it was very much the same as um I, as directing a theatrical production. The rehearsal process wasn't, and and I, I actually really loved it because you could really, every single line you could really um, 
um, got into the nuance of it. And we did so much character work and, and it was really, it was really great. But as a director of a theatrical production, once the show goes up, your job is done. It's really not your job. I mean, you can come and sit in the audience in most professional uh, productions, they don't even contract. They contract the, the director to be maybe at the first show and the last show, or maybe three shows out of a 15 show run or something and that's it mm-hmm. so yeah you're an audience member but for this um your job you know when you're listening to um when you're listening to the takes you can change every single line if you want or or give input into every single line individually and then it becomes like a lot of pressure <laughs> to make every <laughs> single line sound perfect every time um I, I i love this experience i would do this again i i thought it was um it was different i learned things it was creative in a way that i've never been creative before so i really liked it well, that is what I like to hear. I'm glad you had a good experience. So, I, I mean, we're we're at the point where, at least uh, provisionally, we're we're back to doing live theater, um, for the most part. What what do you think about the staying power of this particular medium now? After you know, two years of having to do stuff virtually i think it's back i think i think i radio so you know radio was when radio was big i am a big old-time radio buff and when radio was big radio was big and um yeah tv sort of you know you know the traditional audio drama or or radio comedy uh you know when tv came it it sort of it wasn't as um popular but mm-hmm. i think that the fact that it came back when the minute like we the minute that we couldn't go out as much it came back with a vengeance um i think there's something inherently uh what's the word just really beautiful about this this medium i think people like to listen to things and imagine what they look like in their own head and now that we have such mobile devices where people listen to podcasts and, and radio dramas and, and when they're walking, mm-hmm. when they're driving in the car, um, I think people, I mean, there it's not an accident why podcasts are all the rage right now. I mean, people <laughs> just love to listen to people and just like imagine what things look like. So. Right. Excellent. Well, I hope I hope you're right. <laughs> yeah, I think, for, it's I, I think it's here to stay. It's not. Right. I, I do. I hope so, too. Yeah. So this is, of course, the most important question of the entire interview, which is what's your funniest Zoom story? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Zoom is so, oh, poor Zoom. Like, it's bad. It, it's so bad. And it's just like, I, I mean, so I was one of these people who, I did try, you know, when, when, yeah, I try, when people were trying to do Zoom theater and mm-hmm. I tried and I was like, no, I can't, I can't. I would rather be doing just about anything else, honestly. And, um, I mean, I mean, I was just like, if this is, and, and so what I did was instead of putting my, cause I was teaching all these classes when everything shut down. And instead of, instead of putting my classes online, I just said, Hey, if I can teach them outside, I'll do this. And, 
but I'm not putting them online. And they, and my supervisor was like, it's 40 degrees. And I was like, I think that's okay. So, like, <laughs> so I was working. I was working I was working on this small production of Annie with these like seven like six to nine year olds oh. and I was like I said to the parents I was like I'm sorry I cannot put this online I got permission to do it outside I know it's 40 degrees I'll bring out hot chocolate is that okay and all the parents were like oh yeah oh my god so I I mean by the end of the semester it was a little warmer because spring eventually did come but it was like our, wow. you know our first rehearsals in March and April we were we were rehearsing outside and then it was done in an outdoor stage and this was like yeah I just I and and then parents were like oh my gosh this is like the only time they've seen other people all Mm -hmm. week you know it was it was actually really nice but so I don't know if that's my funniest zoom story but because I just (laughs) refused I couldn't do it I I just said no look (laughs) I I I I, there's a certain part of me that applauds you because I ended up having to teach uh, uh, on zoom and it, 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 they were, they were basically just <laughs> scrambling for anything. I taught I kids how to juggle on zoom and I'm like, what uh, am I doing? This uh, is, this is, this is insane. Yeah. But, but you know, I mean, and that was cause I had just started teaching classes like three weeks before the shutdown happened. Yeah. And yeah. it's like the stuff I was teaching did not translate to Zoom. I was teaching a stage combat class. And I'm like, no. we're not doing that on Zoom. That's just not no. going to happen. Here, throw yourself on the ground. That's just. No. <laughs> Live streaming, live stream recordings are okay, right. um, as long as you're like with other people in the room. But trying to do theater, the, the, the medium was not designed for that, and it just yeah. it didn't work. So I don't know if that's a funny Zoom story, but well, it's definitely- es- <laughs> especially when, especially at the beginning. I yeah. mean, one thing I will say, and this is getting a little off 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 track, but one thing I will say about Zoom is I don't think I've ever seen a company pivot and expand so much so quickly as what they did to go from for all intents and purposes basically just being like a video call yeah to all the security measures that they put into place and then actually putting in things to allow better i mean it's still not great i don't want to do it but to make to make it more flexible for art for artists it's it was just amazing how quickly that they just went you know what for some reason everyone's using us let's do it yeah you know? i think it's really interesting though on how like i mean zoom theater never really it just it just it just it's different it was it's yeah. not real theater it's sort of like a different kind of thing but but like how audio drama is different as long as you can have like that connection mm-hmm. you don't you know with people that that's the thing is somehow on zoom it was really it, i mean the the connection just wasn't able to translate but i think it's doing, the visual yeah i think yeah. it's the visual because you can see unless you unless you get into these big things as we tried one where we utilize green screens and a a server and all this to try to make it look like everybody was in the same place yeah but 
with an with an audio drama, you can imagine everyone is in the same room, right? And and people are talking, and so you can hear them, and they're talking to each other, and and uh, at least the way we did it, right? Um, yeah. So I mean, I, I yeah, it's I'm I'm really I'm really happy that like the audio dramas came back, and um, even if they can't be done in front of a live audience, which now I think they can again sometimes, mm-hmm. but even if they can't be, and that just adds another layer to it. But even if they can't be done in front of a live audience, I think they're really beautiful. And I think a lot of people are really going to like hearing them. So. Excellent. Well, thank you, Gail. Like I said, this was, this was an, a, a wonderful um, experience. It's, it's, it's been a, a great experience for me after having been able to uh, appear with you on stage to now yeah. see you as a director. That's been really awesome. And and thank you so much for having me. And also, thank you so much for choosing a drama that um, has such a lovely representation of uh, visually impaired people. Again, we're just not seen very much um, in, you know, there's there's other disabilities that are much more visible. So mm-hmm. uh, so that meant a lot. Uh, thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this special sneak peek at To See and Be Seen by John Maybe launching on February 13th. If you want to help EFCT continue to highlight the work of women, BIPOC, and LGBTQ artists, you can make a one-time or recurring donation at redcircle.com shows slash half-hour-audio-hour. And check out our serialized audio dramas, Bloody Bay, Clusterfuck, Deep Shadows, Monocyte, and Throwing Shade, wherever you podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>